Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez, and I'm here with my co-host, Emily Martinez, and today we're gonna to be discussing Promising Young Woman, starring Carrie Mulligan, and written and directed by Emerald Fennell. And this movie, we actually got to see in the movie theater. Yes, we actually got brave and took our masks and took necessary precautions, but it was really nice to see something on the big screen again. It really was, and right before the movie started, actually, there was this kind of dig at streaming services because Cinemark had this ad just saying, movies weren't meant to be seen on your iPhone. They're meant to be seen on the big screen. Experience them at Cinemark. And I was like, ooh, shade. But it's true, kind of. It was kind of sad to go in the theater, actually, and see so few people there. And I think there are a lot more employees than actual customers. Yeah, that's kind of true. So speaking on Promising Young Woman, let's talk about our reactions to the trailers because this movie I feel like has been advertised for months now. Mom, you said something interesting. Yeah, I saw the trailer a few times and it always looked kind of interesting, but I thought, eh, it's probably not my kind of movie because I figured it was probably a like a serial killer, mm -hmm. a female serial killer movie. And that didn't sound like my speed, but as it was, it wasn't that. It was, it's a dark comedy um, about certainly a woman who does some illegal things, but she's not a serial killer. Yeah, luckily. And dad actually thought, he's not here with us right now because he didn't get to see this movie with us, but he thought this movie was about Harley Quinn at one point. That's how weirdly marketed it was. But I think that's a good thing about the movie because it was intriguing to see the trailer and not really know what it was about. And yeah, I agree. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes about some trashy serial killer, but it turns out it's this super critically acclaimed girl power movie. Would you say it's girl power? Yeah, definitely. Empowerment. Yes, empowerment. Uh, spoiler warning. You probably can listen to the first few minutes, but we're going to get into the ending, which is kind of controversial near the end of this episode because, I mean, we have to talk about that ending. Oh my goodness. And basically, this is the story of a young woman played by Carrie Mulligan who has been very damaged by an experience earlier in her life, it turns out, when she was in medical school. But actually, it was something that happened to her best friend, mm -hmm. and she is seeking revenge for everything that men did to ruin the life and quickly becomes pretty obvious, led to the death of this friend of hers. And she has all these kinds of different schemes to get revenge on these men and she keeps a little notebook with her cute little handwriting and the funny thing about this movie is it's so colorful and the color palette is so nice and pretty and rainbow and sparkles but it's so dark at points and it this is a classic black comedy or yes. dark comedy because you aren't ever sympathetic toward her victims no and she doesn't come across as a particularly likable person but it the movie actually involves a series of episodes of her playing kind of different women who were in vulnerable positions and setting herself up to be taken advantage of by men. And I think one of the best things about the movie is that it is it does show different kinds of men. Yes. And I think the point is that you never know who is going to be a good guy or a bad guy and women be careful because some of the sometimes it's a nerdy guy sometimes it's a cool guy you just never know who is there to take advantage of a woman when she cannot defend herself yeah and all of these guys would consider themselves the good guy because they all go up and sweetly check on her because she puts on the facade of being super drunk at the bar and then they end up taking her back 
and starting to try to assault her. And then she literally will just pop up. And that's the funniest part, their reaction when they find out, oh, no, you're sober. And she's like, what? You don't like me anymore? And, oh, she's so cold. She is cold, right? Oh, yeah, she's definitely cold. But she is, she has, I guess, a fire burning in her for revenge. Yeah, and I think this would be a good time to talk about this cast. Oh, my goodness. This movie was not made for much money at all. I mean, it looked great, but it was just made for $6 million. And so the cast, I mean, they must have just done these cameos for nothing because let me read to you some of the people. So Bo Burnham plays Ryan, and we're going to talk about him later on because he's a very important male character in this movie. He's actually the director of 8th Grade, which was a movie we saw a few years ago, which was kind of an indie hit. And he's a well-known comedian. Okay, so then Allison Breeze in this movie. Adam Brody from The O.C. is in this movie. Christopher Mintz-Plus is in this movie, and he's from Superbad. And then Jennifer Coolidge from the Christopher Guest movies. Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights. And what, what was Nashville. Yeah, and, oh, Dirty John. Oh, and Dirty John, What yes. a good She's series. a really good actress. Yeah, Max Greenfield, who plays Schmidt on New Girl. That one hurt a lot. Laverne Cox, Molly Shannon, just all these stars. And Emerald Fennell, the writer-director, does a really good job because I think she intentionally placed all the quote-unquote good guys who are trying to take advantage of Cassie, who is Carrie Mulligan. They're all well-known figures in movies and TV shows. Like, they're well-loved figures. They usually play the good guys. Yes, they are the good guys. Schmidt is my favorite character in New Girl. Uh, Adam Brody is great in the OC. He's kind of dorky in that. And then some of the other guys are also well-known and loved characters. So to see them in these compromising situations is just disturbing. And it's well done. They all do great in this movie. And obviously, the director set out to make a point about men taking advantage of women who are vulnerable. So it certainly qualifies as a feminist empowerment movie. And the men in the movie are almost all bad. There are Mm -hmm. two exceptions. But somehow it doesn't come across as a man-hating movie. I think simply because there is a little bit of humor in it. But also I think the big message is really what society allows men to get away with. Yes. In other words, these are guys who maybe if they were held accountable earlier in their lives would have never progressed to the stage where they're taking advantage of drunk women yes. as adults. And probably one of the one of my favorite scenes and one of the most uncomfortable scenes is when Cassie, the main character, confronts her old dean from medical school. I was going to mention that one. That's actually the most important scene, in my opinion, that helps you understand how these men are getting away with this constantly. This is an intelligent, educated, relatively powerful woman who basically has made it possible for a guy to get away with what was clearly a rape of a young woman. Yeah, and since she's in charge of this college, she says, well, I get allegations like this one to two times a week. And Cassie is just like, oh, and you don't believe any of them? And it's just, ooh, she's so cold. It's so good. And yet I think also another really good line in the movie is when one of the guys who Cassie is going after, kind of basically targeting, says, why do you girls have to ruin everything? And I may have the line slightly wrong, but basically I think it kind of speaks to the idea that a lot of men today have, which is men used to get away with a lot more than they can now, and it's all women's fault. Yep, that is a very telling line. I think something I also like about this movie is that it's set in Ohio. 
I don't know why I like that so much, but I just really respect that it's not set in LA or New York. You can tell it's a smaller town. It's a smaller city. She lives in a suburban home with her parents, by the way. She's 30 years old and spoiler alert, I don't know, her parents get her a suitcase for her birthday present because they just want her to get out and have a life. And the parent's home, I think, is almost another character. It's, it's strange. A strange home. It's hard to describe. It's very 1950s-ish, which may be intentional. I mean, it's a very, I guess in some ways it's a very lovely home. I mean, very, you can tell, nice, expensive furnishings, but just not very livable and not really very, <laughs> very up to date. Not at all. And speaking on that, kind of the sets in this movie, I really respect because they're so glossy and they it really does look like a movie the whole time. I mean, if this movie wasn't as well shot and well acted, people would just say this is cheesy and unrealistic, but how it's shot is just so beautiful and the sets don't look real at all. What pharmacy looks like the one that her and Bo Burnham are in while they're singing Paris Hilton? Like, no, that's not a real place, but it's pretty and it makes this movie kind of dreamlike. And Livia, you probably recognized more of the music than I did. Yeah, I did. I think the music choices in this were great. You know, I didn't get all of them because I think a lot of them were early 2000s pop hits. And I don't think I'm the only one whose favorite use of music in this movie was when they had the stylized kind of ominous version of Britney Spears' Toxic. And ooh, that's so good. It comes near the climactic ending and you can tell something's about to go down. You're not sure what. But yeah, that's a really good use of music. And I think they used Britney Spears on purpose because I think she has always kind of represented the young guy's ultimate fantasy girl. Mm -hmm. She's good looking and sexy. And of course, that is not a very realistic woman. I mean, that's not how women really are. But it might be how some of the guys, at least in this movie, wanted to think women were. Yeah, that's a really good point. The music, good stuff. If you're into early 2000s pop, this will be your movie. And it's not overbearing at all, even though it is very loud sometimes. And again, I think it was just so, this movie was so well done because everything we're saying could easily be in a D plus movie, but this is not that at all. Should we get into the two main characters? Yes, I think that certainly the most interesting characters were Cassie, the main one, played by Carrie Mulligan and Ryan, who is her, I guess, on again, off again, on boyfriend? again, off again boyfriend. Uh, he's somebody who pursues her and comes across as maybe the exception to her bad guy rule. He uh, really does seem like a good guy, at least for most of the movie. Yeah, he's a child pediatric surgeon. And one of the funniest scenes is when he and Cassie were, are eating dinner with Cassie's parents. And, oh, it's just so that awkward. So funny. And the mom yeah. asks, do children have different body parts than adults? <laughs> just trying to make conversation. But Bo Burnham adds a lot of comedy as Ryan in this. Uh, another funny thing is when he says that he's an extremely tall man. So he says he's always worried when he's with a woman. It looks like he's with his daughter or something. And when he bends down to kiss her, he's always thinking that people are looking at him like he's some kind of weirdo. Yeah, he is so tall. And every single person in this movie next to him, he just towers over them. But sadly... He's not as great as we thought he was. But see, in a lot of ways, I, I think that's what makes him such an interesting character. Yes. Because at this time of life that they're showing him, he is a good person. He's actually I grown think. up. But he didn't do what he needed to when he was younger, and he's really never owned up to it. 
So you're kind of left wondering whether or not, I mean, you obviously are supposed to form your own opinion, but it's hard to know whether or not the filmmaker wanted you to dislike him for what he did at one point and got away with, or whether she wants you to open your eyes to the idea that maybe some of these guys also have grown out of what they once were. I just wonder whether or not she wants you to at least consider whether or not somebody needs to ultimately be kind of forgiven and be allowed to move beyond their mistakes. Yeah, I would probably agree with the latter. I think she wants you to really think because so soon after you see Ryan, you see a different group of guys who have not grown up and they're the exact same childish, terrible men. So yeah, I feel like she has some compassion for his character, but it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. And it's very disappointing that Ryan was involved with this whole mess. And before we talk about the ending, I think we should just shout out Carrie Mulligan once again for her acting because beautiful. She's chosen to play such different characters through the years, and she really does seem to nail it each time. She is an American for one thing in this, which she doesn't often play. I guess she played in Great Gatsby. She was American Daisy. Daisy. But um, she is a very, she manages to be this sort of basically a sociopath, but also a pretty likable person. I mean, you just, you kind of like her and when she's smiling, you kind of smile with her. Oh, cutie. Because (laughs) she wears such adorable outfits, has cute little hairstyles, love her nails, they're rainbow. I just, yeah, you can relate to her in in a weird way. And the things that she does, you're kind of cheering her on because she comes across as an avenging angel, as somebody who is doing what nobody else had the guts to do. And yet you also realize she's very unbalanced. Avenging angel, I like that. But yeah, oh, I would not want to be in a relationship with her. There's a lot of baggage there. I remember mom at one point you said like, I don't know if she'll be okay unless she gets a lot of help, a lot. And going back to the sociopath thing, was she a sociopath? Because I mean, she was doing all of it for her friend, Nina. Yeah, but I think that that was, um, I think, she, well... That was just kind of an yeah. excuse, you Actually, think? yeah, maybe the word sociopath, I'm, since I'm not a psychology major, I may be wrong about that word. That might not be the right word to use, but she was definitely an unbalanced person. Yeah, well, I mean, sociopath may be right, because I remember thinking this in the movie, just like, what, what would you consider, what would you call her? Because she's doing it for a specific person, but she doesn't seem to care about a single other person in the world. So, I don't know. Including herself. Yep. But, Carrie Mulligan, you are brilliant in this movie. You, she'll definitely get an Academy Award nomination, if not win. And really, within the movie, she's playing a lot of different characters. I mean, she's a different kind of woman in each of the... Because, like I said, it's kind of told... The story's kind of told in episodes. Yes. And, and so, in each episode, she's kind of a different woman. Yeah, there are five episodes marked by tallies so you kind of I mean you could keep track without the tallies but it's just a little stylized thing that she puts in there and the director of this is best known for her work in Killing Eve yes and which I think is one of the best series I've seen in a long time and if any of you out there have seen Killing Eve the character of Villanelle who is the villain in Killing Eve is very similar I think to the character of Carrie Mulligan now Villanelle really is a psychopath but She is, again, a likable psychopath. I mean, she really 
has a there's a reason why she's developed into the person she is and she's somebody who's interesting to watch and you don't hate her you fear her but you somehow have a certain compassion or whatever for what she is all about that is called good writing wait a minute didn't you isn't she the one you compared me to no comment oh my gosh no, no. I never thought you were... But I do think that her sense of humor, and that's the thing. I think just like Villanelle, um, Cassie in this movie has a kind of a quirky, interesting, ironic sense of humor. Just like me. And another thing I always really respect in screenplays and stuff is when you remember the characters' names. So many of these podcasts, we've had to look up their names. We end up just calling them Idris Elba or Matthew McConaughey or whatever because we cannot remember the names. But we know Cassie, Ryan, Nina, the one she's avenging. Okay, that may be it. But still, we know more people's names in this movie than most. So I think that's good writing too. Let's get to the ending of this movie. Were you shocked? I was not surprised by the ultimate outcome, but I was not expecting it to play out the way it did. I wasn't expecting it at all. I mean, basically, this is tally number four, and Cassie's going to the bachelor party of the guy who kind of sparked this entire thing, the guy who took advantage of her friend at a party in college. And, oh, basically, she handcuffs him to a bed, he gets loose, And I think it just shows how men are stronger than women. And it's scary and it's sad, but it's the truth and it's realistic. And she knew that. And everything pretty much turned out exactly as she would have expected, which is why this isn't supposed to be a really realistic drama. No. It's supposed to be almost a parody of what of a revenge story yeah good point and if you haven't caught our drift yet basically cassie's murdered by this guy and it looks like he's gonna get away with it at one point it really does and ugh, the murder just takes a while but it's not but this isn't a bloody movie no not at all but it's just kind of disturbing to watch her limbs just fighting and fighting for a good a minute and a half i think it's important to note that he always had the chance to stop He did. He was crying. He's like, please stop. Please stop. And yeah, he could have easily stopped. And that character was Al, right? Yeah. And Al's about to get married, but he ends up killing Cassie. And then things go very wrong when Schmidt from New Girl, who's Joe in this movie, he finds the dead Carrie Mulligan and kind of freaks out kind of comically. That's the crazy thing, right? Like there's still some comedy in him finding a dead girl in the guy's bed. And Al is just shaken and seems to feel a lot worse about it than Joe does. And that Al character kind of made me wonder how we're supposed to take him because he really didn't want the stripper at that party. Yeah, he tried to turn her away. Cassie was playing a stripper for this party, by the way. And when she took him up to his room because she was going to, I guess, be with him, um, he did not want to do anything with her. He said he loves his fiancée and he really didn't want anything. So... It makes you wonder. I mean, it's sort of like he had, I guess, become a better guy. But then it shows once things start to get dangerous for him. Or I think what it is is once things are beyond his control and the woman has the control, then he becomes violent and starts using his brute strength to do the wrong thing. Yep. And all Cassie wanted him to do was say what he did to Nina. And I think that just through years of him denying it and saying, I did nothing wrong. She wanted it. All that. 
it just got to him and triggered him. And, you know, we all have trigger topics, but if you do something like that and you get away with it, I mean, I can't imagine how much of a trigger topic that is. So he just freaks out. She's about to carve Nina's name onto his body. I didn't know. I think she was actually going to go through with it, probably. I think so, too. <sighs> but then he breaks free and then ends Cassie's life, which is sad. But at the same time, Cassie didn't... What was going to happen to Cassie afterward? And she is a character that you kind of sense from the beginning is not going to have a good ending. She is somebody who doesn't have a whole lot to live for other than to get revenge for her friend. Sadly. But Joe and Al decide to dispose of her body. And then chaos ensues. And at the very end of the movie, Al's wedding, he gets arrested for the murder of Cassie. And it's kind of good revenge. And we're all like, yes! That's a great scene. I think the music in that scene is really perfect, too, because it's, again, ironic. It's Angel of the Morning by Juice Newton, a really famous kind of one-hit wonder from the, is that the 70s or the 80s? I'm not sure on my Juice Newton uh, (laughs) trivia, but... Well, but it's a very kind of sweet optimistic sounding song and it does not fit what's happening at this wedding as it just goes up in flames. Yeah, it's good to see that Al was caught for what he did because they ugh, ruthlessly burned her body. It's very, it's actually makes you feel so good that it finally does. the bad guys get their due. For sure. So even though this ends on a really somber note, I've read some reviews and people do not like this ending. I think it's very mixed. Because people respect the filmmaking, so that's why all critics give it fairly good ratings. But a lot of people do not enjoy that ending whatsoever. What do you think? Why do they not like it? Is it because of the fact that we like Cassie and are supposed to be sad that she's dead? I think so. And maybe it's just so shocking. But shouldn't people want... I mean, I want that in my movies. And she's not She's not a hero. No. I mean, she's definitely an anti-hero. So, although I was sad that she was killed... You don't really mourn her. I mean, she was a menace in her own way. But I think that she would have felt what she really deserves respect for is getting justice for her friend. And she would have certainly died for that and felt that it was worthwhile. And that's what happened. Yeah, I didn't mind the ending, really. I mean, of course, I didn't enjoy it. Who likes seeing the main character you followed an entire movie with really cute outfits and cute nails and everything? get murdered, but I think it needed to happen. I don't know how else they would have ended this movie. Just cotton candy gumdrops. Did the movie look like that the whole time? Yes, but the content was not that way. Do you want to get into ratings or do you have anything else? I was thinking this is a movie that had to be directed by a woman because I think if a man had directed it, even if it had been written by a woman but directed by a man, I think that they wouldn't have had a sensibility that the woman brought to it. You might also wonder whether the male director was trying to just kind of be woke or PC, but with a woman directing it and writing it, you take it a little bit more seriously that maybe this was this is real life for a lot of women. And since we recently actually saw Gone Girl, go listen to our Gone Girl episode with Matthew Gay, our king. Would you say Amy is very similar to Cassie? No, because I think Amy is actually very self-involved, whereas Cassie is really not concerned with herself at all. She's totally focused on her friend and what happened to her friend. Amy is all about getting what she thinks she deserves and getting the revenge she deserves. On the other hand, they're both really intelligent 
empowered women in their own way. Ice cold, cool blondes. Yep. Okay, so out of five stars, I'm going to give this movie... Honestly, probably 4.5. I thought it was really, really solid. And we have not seen a good and solid movie from 2020, 2021 in a long time. And we also haven't been to the movie theaters since Tenet. Remember that review? That was a while ago. So it was nice to be back in the movies for a really well-made film. I'm glad that we got to see it on the big screen. I was impressed. And I'd probably give it maybe a 4.5. I might give it a 4 with the idea that it could be raised to 4.5 when I see it again, maybe mm-hmm. in a few years, because I'm not sure it's the kind of movie that would age real well. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly the kind of movie that I want to see again after a few years, when maybe I have some a chance to think back on it and figure out a little bit more about what it was meant to say. Yeah, definitely. And I think that concludes our Promising Young Woman episode. Follow us on Instagram at Strange Level Movies Pod. It'll be super interesting to see what kind of awards this movie picks up. It's been nominated for a ton of stuff already, and I'm sure it'll get more Oscar recognition soon. And Carrie Mulligan, you deserve Best Actress, we can hope. And direction and writing, too. Emerald Fennell, great job. And thanks for listening, guys. We hope that this was an informative podcast about Promising Young Woman. Bye. 